Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Transform Your Life podcast. We are on number 16 today. How are you, Ange? I'm doing lovely, babe. How about you? I'm doing great, too. Awesome. So today we're diving in. We touched on it last time a little bit on productivity, mindset, um, some of the things that get us going or efficient life hacks that we do. And so, Ange, when it comes to personal what are some things that you're using in your life that help you kind of stay on track? Mm-hmm. So my number one is my freaking Google Calendar. Is my <laughs> it is my productivity hack that just allows me to brain dump yes. all of the time. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to productivity, everything has been kind of time blocked and jotted down. So for example. Ashley, your birthday is coming up. I'm going to have to buy you a birthday present. As soon as I know that that's a thing, I add it to my calendar. You need to buy Ashley a birthday present. You add it to your calendar whenever it is that you want to buy it, month out, whatever that is. It's been added to the calendar so that it's on your to-do list for every single year so that you make it happen. And so I do that pretty much with everything and anything that's going to have to happen annually essentially it already goes on the calendar right. and then Google calendar allows that you would just repeat it. So mm-hmm. any sort of activity you want to do every single week, you add it to your calendar. If you want to do it every single month, you add it to your calendar. So as soon as you've done it once, just repeat it. If it's something that you want to do and then it's time blocked that way. And one thing that I think is really helpful with that piece is Honestly, I'm not going to remember those things, but I want to be the person that remembers those things or does those things or is hyper productive. And by putting it all into the calendar, it makes it so that, yes, this is a priority for me. Yes, I am going to allocate the time. And then as you're going through it, if there's something that's showing up that you're supposed to do and then you're like coming up with an excuse, you're not doing it. And for me, I don't really like doing taxes. So that's one of those things like, oh yeah, send this over to your accountant, blah, 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 blah. If it's something that you're like, I'm just not going to do it. I think it's either saying, okay, that's not a priority to me. So why am I even putting this on my productivity list? Because I just don't want to prioritize it or um, I'm just not in the position to. So I think that's... Yeah. Does that help you though with like things that you avoid? Well, if it's or would avoid. Yes. In terms of getting them done because yes. you have to. And then if if there's something that you're pushing back and it's it's kind of one of those like okay, I am pushing it back, but maybe that's something that I need to identify. I shouldn't be spending time doing. So if it's something that you keep on avoiding, that is kind of one of those things that you don't actually have to do. You're kind of thinking, oh yeah, it'd be cool to be a person that does that, but then you're not actually doing it. It's Mm -hmm. listening to your soul and being like, huh, okay, well, maybe that isn't something that I actually want to be doing versus I think so often, especially as moms, it's like, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I should be doing that. And sometimes if you're putting it on the list as something that you should be doing and you're not doing it, I think it's a, sometimes a sign of like, okay, I need to figure out another solution. Cause I don't actually want to be like for me. I don't want to plant my own garden and grow my own vegetables <laughs> because that is cool in theory, but I know I will keep pushing that back. And then it all of a sudden it's it's too late. July. <laughs> and you can't do it. And so I know that that doesn't light my soul on fire, even though maybe it sounds kind of cool. Right? right. So I think it depends on if it's things that you have to do versus if you're putting it on the list and then For you sure. just keep pushing it back. But I love, so one of the things that's showing up as you say this 
And I read this in a magazine, oh my goodness, a million years ago. We lived in Wingham at this point. Um, and I was just, it was a magazine. I don't know if it was a fitness one or like a Cosmo or any, I have no idea. Back when magazines were still read. Like, oh my God. Right? Like, yeah. Before so you can tell it's a million years ago because I had a magazine in my bathroom um, and was reading it instead of my phone. <laughs> but anyways, one of the articles and I can't reference who it was because I, I just don't know. Um, but she talked about being someone who, and that sounds like, well, what the hell is that? But it's very much about you. You mentioned, I want to be someone who remembers birthdays, but I'm not like, I'm just not, that's not my personality. Right. But if it's still something you want, if that's who you want to be, you're finding ways to make that happen. Right. And so I use that with fitness. I use it with running, especially like I want to be someone who runs. I don't want to fucking run, but I want to be someone who runs. And if I want to be someone who runs, I have to run. <laughs> right. And so that's what it's showing up as when you talk about that calendar. If I want to be someone who then I need to find and make sure the ways that that shows up happens, mm -hmm. right? And for me, one of the things is I want to be someone who keeps my word. And so that means sometimes I have to do things I don't want to do. It means sometimes I have to say no to things that just don't fit into my calendar because I want to be someone who shows up when I say I'm showing up. I want to be someone who runs. I want to be someone who plants a garden. Mm -hmm. right totally and so if you're and you talked about this a little bit where it's like recognizing okay maybe I want to be that but do I actually am I willing to put in the time and effort that requires that so you're like oh it would be cool to have a garden but do I want to be someone who gardens no mm -hmm. yeah right and so I think it's getting a little bit clear on the kind of person who you want to be Mm -hmm. totally. And if you want to be someone who is super fit, you have to do the things that a super fit person would do. Mm -hmm. Right. And in this article, she talks about like, stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Do it. If you want to be someone who you have to be the person who does it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think with productivity, I think so often it's allocating the time. And I mean, everybody has their system. For me, my system is I allocate the time and it's kind of very clear cut for me. You have 60 minutes to do it. And then there's some sort of law. I don't know what it is, but there's some sort of law that you will always use whatever time you have available. If you have 60 minutes yes. to get this shit done and you don't give yourself any other option, you have 60 minutes to work out. I have 60 minutes to finish this thing. No more, no less. Yep. You can't add in all the other things. You can't, you don't have time for distractions. Yes. And I think with productivity, I think it's being like, okay, instead of trying to have 30 hats on, I have this one hat for 60 minutes. I'm going to complete this and then transitioning into that next hat, I think is really helpful. I think too, for both of us, productivity has come from figuring out where am I wasting my time that I actually Yes. It doesn't matter for me. Yes. And so first let's talk about laundry. What does laundry look like for you? Oh, okay. um, so 
there's two systems that I've used that work really well when it comes to laundry and summer looks different because we have a ton more laundry with the pond and with the cottage and just like more swimming, more wet clothes. There's a like mini pool on our deck. So it shifts a little bit in the summer and I'm just open and flexible to that. But there's two things that I do with laundry. So one is I allocate one day and that's the day that I just like, I, I still like live my life, but um, I know that I don't have to do laundry on any other day. And so there's no like, oh, so I've used that approach. I like that approach. It alleviates kind of that ongoingness. The other approach that I like to do, but doesn't work in the summer for me. So I'm very much in that like one day, but it means having multiple swimsuits. It means making sure that things are dry that used to would just go in the wash. So the one day is one method. The other way that I love to do, and it is, it's an everyday thing, but basically, so our laundry is on our main floor. It's in the middle of our like hallway. So I literally open the doors and I always keep the lid open if, if there's nothing in there. And so basically what happens is throughout the day, anything that is laundry goes into the washing machine. So when the kids come in and they've got towels in the machine, oh, Carly's, you know, wet through a diaper, bedding goes in the machine. And if it's full, I wash it. But usually what happens is by the time we get to the evening, that's when all the clothes of the day can still go in there. Everybody gets into their jammies, their clothes go into the washing machine. And once the kids are in bed, I hit wash. And then before I go to bed, I put it in the dryer hit dry. And in the morning, first thing I do is fold laundry. And so it's one load. It's so quick. It's so easy to just like fold it, get it away. And then everybody is exactly up to par with all their clothes in their closet that they can choose from. And it's funny because I didn't actually, this was not my system ever until Felix started JK. And he had, oh my gosh, you probably remember, remember. this because yeah. it was literally something that weighed so heavily on my soul. Um, my son had a major issue with wearing different kinds of pants, like texture, tactile issues. And so he had one pair of pants and it had a friggin' hole in the knee. I'm like, oh my God, you're starting school. And this is the only flipping pair of pants I literally bought. Oh my goodness. I had pants bought. I had them hemmed and I'm talking like track pants because he won't handle the cuff at the bottom. I've cut so many pants in my life. It's actually a bit ridiculous. But anyway, so that was the big start of this is I literally had to wash those pants every single night. So everything went into the wash, wash them. They needed to be dry for school the next day. So it was like wash, dry, fold and have clothes set out for the morning. Right. And so that's where that just kind of organically showed up. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, this just makes so much sense because I'm only ever washing, drying, folding and putting away one load. And it's every day, but it's so spread out that it's not condensed. So it depends on kind of the season of our life that I either do like it's one load, wash, dry, fold, put away, or I completely remove that element of like every single day I do this to I'm saving all the laundry. And on this day, I have time blocked. This is 
the laundry day, right? And I will fold for three hours if I have to, kind of, at the end of the day. Tell me about your laundry. I was going to say, I have something to say first. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you guys about my, my laundry situation too. But what I'm hearing is you're not sorting your stuff. You're throwing everything in. It doesn't matter. Towels, whites, mm -mm. darks. All that. All of it. Screw and it. if it doesn't make it through, and I use the same method with my dishwasher, if it doesn't make it through the wash or the dryer, fuck it. You don't belong in my house. <laughs> or and be it, pink and it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I hope you get wrecked early on so that we can not develop a love relationship with this article of clothing. Totally. And it's funny. It's actually my sister-in-law, Rhonda, who she kind of like blew my mind when she's like, oh, yeah, like I just she does hers by kid. So she does like all of her one kid's clothes. Everything goes in, everything comes out, and then that kid's clothes are dry and clean and whatever. And then she does the next kids, and all of their clothes go in, out. And I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. So I'm like, what, like, how do you do whites, and how do you do jeans, and how do you... She was like, nope, she all goes in, she all comes out. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. Activity. Like, oh, my God, because my mom, like, to this day, still sorts laundry. Like, there's piles, and I'm just like, oh, my God. It's, but as soon as I learned that, I was like... Holy shit! And it's, it's honestly, it's the same with my dishwasher. If you buy me a beautiful porcelain something, that's great. I hope she makes her. <laughs> like, my mother-in-law, bless her soul, loves pottery. And I actually love pottery, too. We took a pottery class together, Ange. Mm -hmm. But, like, I, I love it. But I'm not going to spend the time scrubbing it. <laughs> I just, I'm not. Like, I'm not, and what will happen is you will see, if you come to my house, I'm very much a counters person. My counters, I like them to be clear. I cannot keep a toaster on there because it drives me insane, right? But my sink is a free-for-all. If there is a dish sitting on the sink, like, on the counter, I will put it in the sink. Even if it's dirty because the dishwasher is full, it goes into the sink. Everything just goes into the sink, and exactly then the I will, like, I'll deal with the sink, but I just need my counters clean. So you'll come in and you'll be like, fuck, that girl has a ton of dirty dishes, but they're all in my sink or in the dishwasher. But the reason they're all in my sink is because I'm not fucking washing those. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for this load of dishes to get dry, totally. to get out of there, and I'm going to reload that sucker because I'm not washing the dishes. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you're probably going to blow some people's minds who have been starting <laughs> laundry. So I had the same kind of awakening well, as soon as I had kids, I'm like, I'm not sorting their laundry. That's so dumb that I'm like, why do I sort my laundry? I act, A, I don't care. But B, yeah, I'm like, okay, this we should just do this. And so now that I mix everything, if my husband still sorts it. He's got four individual <laughs> fucking containers and does it that way. That's the way. And he, he reads every single fucking, uh, anyways, bless his soul. He reads every label. Oh, and if it's not him. supposed to go in the dryer, it doesn't go in the dryer. Oh, he no. washes things inside out. Oh, like, my goodness. Does, wow. Full degree. And he just looks at the way that I do laundry. And he's like, wife of mine, never touch my laundry, ever. Because I pop it all in. I don't care. And I also do not fold laundry. Because that, that is a waste of my life. Totally. Let things be wrinkly. When in my life is it going to matter if my things are wrinkly? It's not. So the kids, they grab their stuff. I literally, you dump it into the drawer figure it out, pop her in the closet, you figure it out. The occasional time a dress may get hung up, but most often it's like clean in the laundry basket, pull it from there and go about my day. And even with like fitness stuff, like fitness clothes, I'm like all the sports bras, all the leggings. It doesn't help me mentally to have to do all of that, to put it away and have it organized. Whereas for me, the dishwasher, 
we like to laugh about this, Ash, yes. but like for me, the dishwasher, everything needs to be in its specific spot or it drives me crazy. So I think it's choosing. You can't do it all. So you no. need to pick and choose what drives you completely batty that you're going to focus your energy on. And what are the things that from a productivity standpoint don't affect your day? Yep. For me, it's folding laundry and then kids figure it out. And they do. For sure. So. And I don't, I don't fold my kids laundry. I do fold mine. Mm-hmm. But I sort there. So it's like, this is the t-shirt drawer. This is the pants and shorts drawer. This is the pajamas spot, right? Like, mm-hmm. or does yours all just go into like a heap and you just have to find it? Uh, well, most often their clean laundry is in a hamper. Yeah. And then if I get ambitious enough, I'll sort it and put it in. But often I'm just like, Theo, figure out your outfit. It's in the laundry bin, especially in the summer. He's very short on t-shirts and shorts right now. And everything's <gasps> right? Because you can't buy anything. Exactly. Everything's so tight yeah. and it's, everything's in rotation. So I'm like, figure out your outfit. Don't check your drawers because your drawers aren't going to have anything. They're <laughs> going to be in the laundry bin. It's like, I'm going to have to dump the whole thing on the floor. I'm like, put it all back it. in. <laughs> oh, rocket buddy. I mean, yeah, like it's not a, yeah, it's, it's not, not a, big a deal. thing. So I think it's picking and choosing things like that, that you want to do. And then I think the other interesting part with productivity is I think there's a lot of times where we can do a job in larger quantities. Like for me, I'm thinking from productivity. If I'm making four chicken breasts, it makes zero sense to only make four chicken breasts. I'm going to eat chicken again two days from now. Fire up the barbecue, make 12 chicken breasts, and we will reuse it because you're already making the dishes. You're already, and I think this is already happening. Totally. So the the quantity is really irrelevant. Yeah, it's irrelevant. So I think from a cooking standpoint, that's the biggest thing where like, I know moms are busy. They're like, I don't have a lot of time. It's just, you've already, if you're going to unthaw the chicken breasts, you're going to do it. Just save yourself some time. Make extra. You're going to eat it. Right. For sure. Versus, and I love that you do that, but I know that food for you can be very repetitive and like you have certain things you can eat. Mm-hmm. For me, I like to cook. Mm-hmm. I do like, I, not all the time. I, when the kids are like in meltdown mode and the wheels are falling off the bus. No, but generally I enjoy that. And I enjoy the piece of like, well, what are we having? And mm-hmm. it, I like it to be a day to day experience. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be that like quick, efficient, get her done. Cause that's my, like when you're choosing your big rocks, like mm-hmm. you say, right? Like that to me is, I don't need that piece to be super efficient, fast, yeah. like fast and dirty, get it done. Um, and you're not the person that's like, oh my God, to figure out what we're going to have for dinner every night. It's daunting. Like, and I think it's just, yeah, self-awareness is obviously the biggest piece of it, but like the fact that you enjoy it. Great. I think finding productivity on the stuff that you do not like yes. doing is the best way because sure. it's the, it's the part that you're not looking forward to your day. But as soon as you find a system where it's like, oh, I can do this very quickly yes. in a way that I enjoy and it's not stressful. Yes. I think so often people are like, I don't have enough time time I'm like it's because your systems are set up to promote stress yes versus like can you create a system that is easy even if it's unconventional like if it looks unconventional that's cool but you need to set up a system so that you're not feeling like your entire day is jammed you have zero time at all right and for me I use that um, one of the methods that I use when it comes to like keeping a tidy house is Before I leave a room, so especially like a small room, so the bathrooms are like number one for this, but my husband doesn't do it and it drives me bonkers. But like if I'm bathing the kids, 
all their laundry can just go right into the washing machine. I don't need clothes and toothbrushes and stuff on the counter. Like that drives me insane. And it shouldn't. Like I know, like I've got kids who spit toothpaste on the mirror, but like before, if I'm going pee, before I leave that room, I can take 30 seconds, chuck all the toothbrushes in the drawer, scoop up that laundry, close the curtain and voila, my bathroom appears tidy. It's maybe not clean. I'm not scrubbing the toilet. Like I'm not talking like the deep clean, like, oh, there's toothpaste all over the sink and the mirror. I'm going to wipe that. No, I'm talking like get all the shit off the counter, pick up the clothes that are on the floor, the towels, the clothes, the right. So before I leave that room, I do a quick tidy. And so our house, like our main part of our house is actually quite like open concept. And so it doesn't always work that way. Um, in that main area, but if I'm in a small room and it's going to take me 35 seconds, you're already there. I'm there and I'm just going to clean it before I leave. And that makes it not like a giant task later where it's like, Oh my God, I have to clean the bathroom or I have to do this. I do it with the toy room. I'm like, I did it last night. I went in, I'm like, okay, this will take me 45 seconds because the kids are sleeping and just like done versus waiting a whole month. And it just being like, holy crap, I cannot, I just close the door because I'm like, no, that's going to take me half a day. And I, then I'll want to sort things, right? So it's very much, for me, it's about an ongoing thing. When I'm in the boys' room, if I'm in there snuggling anyways, I can quick on my way out the door, pick up the dirty laundry that's on the floor anyways, you know, toss those extra blankets into the chest and we're done. And all of a sudden, what was turning into a big mess is just eliminated. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing from you is really just taking advantage of the fact that you're already in a specific room. Mm -hmm. You could just do the things that are priorities to you. So for you, that tidiness is going to a make you feel really great and B just be one less thing on the to-do list that you have to do at the end of the end of the night. Yeah, exactly. And I bring my kids into it. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about this a little bit in that, like, if they want something, I'm like, yeah, sure. Pick up five toys and go put them in the toy room where they belong. And they're like, okay, one, two, mom, I picked up six. Mom, I picked up five. And mom, I picked up 10. I'm like, cool. Right. And so they are starting to do that. Um, and it was funny. We were tidying the other day and I've mentioned this before, but I've said to Felix a couple of times, I think we're in flow, right? The other day, I kid you not, we're just like eating breakfast Things are doing what they're supposed to do. The house is tidy because that's part of like my flow. And he just looks at me. He goes, mom, I think we're in flow right now. (laughs) Just like, yes, I love it. Um, And just recognizing that for me, part of that feeling cohesive, feeling my day is smooth. It's running the way I want it to go means that I don't have shit everywhere. I don't know why, but it's a very ingrained thing in my soul where when things are scattered, I feel scattered. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just my OCD. It's very likely that that's the case, but that it's shows okay, up though, for me. I think where you choose to spend your time indicates like what matters to you. And sometimes the ways that we're spending our time sure. is the, we're focusing on the things that we don't actually value. So if you're hearing what Ashley's saying and you're like, well, I don't actually care. That doesn't really bother me that much. Well, are you spending your time doing things that actually don't matter? Right. Does it matter? Does it not matter? I think so often things 
um, is which, choosing it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to productivity too, and even just like time management, I think so often people, we talked a little bit about this last time, but so often people like, they're like, Oh, if I just got up earlier, I would have more time in the day to do things. And maybe that's you, maybe you're going to get up earlier, but I think so often it's really just taking inventory on your day. Where are you actually spending your time? Yes. And is it in alignment with what you want to do? If you feel like you are busy and you have no time to do anything and you feel like everything is just like super rushed all the time, like at the end of the day, 10 years from now, looking back, are you really going to be looking at your life and being like, oh yeah, those years were well spent Or will you be looking at it and be like, yep, we were in the rat race just over and over and over. It was a cycle, literally Groundhog Day every single day, do, 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 do. And then you're not really creating a life that you want. You're more so just like spending your time doing chores or tasks that for sure aren't. And I think, so I think your biggest thing, what I hear, Ange, is what we're touching on is why? Like I'm cleaning my house but the why is not just like, I like a clean house. True, I, I do. But my family functions differently in a clean house. I function differently. That's my why. If I just like things tidy, but really it doesn't matter, fuck, let that one go. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's funny, my husband just yesterday was, um, we have a... It's funny you mentioned chores because we have this funny saying in our house. We go back to chores and it comes from like a funny show called, oh, I don't know, That's Letter funny. Kenny. Oh, it's yeah. a stupid, ridiculous show. But they say like back to chores. And so we say that a lot. And yesterday was like a ridiculously productive day. And at the end of the day, we were sitting out on the deck. We had a drink in our hands. We had our little like tiki torches lit. And we were talking about it and he said, oh, it felt so good to just have a really productive Saturday. And I said, yes, but I want to make sure that you're enjoying it. And he's like, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I said, because let's not forget why we're doing this. I said, if we're cutting the grass and the kids, this is what happened. Felix got in his mind that he wanted to go pike fishing. <laughs> what is that? Okay. Um, so he wanted to go pike fishing and he was asking all day and all day and all day. And I was just like, this is important. This is really important to him. And we want to plant the garden. We want to get the grass cut. We want to get the stone pillars done, like all the things. But the reason, let's not forget why we're doing this. The reason is so our kids have a better life, a good life, a happy life, a joyful life. And if that's going to bring him joy, we got to press pause on this other thing that feels like a chore. Right. And so I think it's very much coming back to that. Why do I do this thing? Why is it important to me? Right. And if there's something more important, sometimes it's letting go of that other thing that feels important. But if it really isn't, who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. Totally. And I mean, and it's a frequency thing. Like, for example, you could be the person that does something every three days Or could you be the person that does something every five days? And then on those days in between, you then have this extra time. And I think that's when we're looking at our time management. I think it's being very honest with that because some things do not need to be done all of the time. You're A, maybe doing them because you think they need to be done or you're avoiding what 
you really want to be doing or what may be showing up in that way. So I think just analyzing frequency of something can be really helpful for people too. Like if you're, say you got to mow the lawn, do you need to be the person that mows the lawn? Like, I don't know. I don't know how often you mow a lawn because I don't mow a lawn. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But could it be stretched out because it's a Saturday and this is could totally happen two or three days from now. And it's not a big deal. Yes. And I think so often with the frequency piece, just letting things go for a couple of days, if it's not bringing you joy to do it, it's kind of like, I just don't want to be doing that. Then, oh yeah, I stretched that out a little bit. It's kind of like haircuts for me. I get my hair like cut and dyed once a year, maybe twice a year. And I feel really good with that. That is perfect for me. Maybe you're somebody who wants your hair done every six weeks or whatever that is, but it's figuring out what frequency of this activity makes the most sense for me, not what should I be doing or like, oh yeah, it really needs to be done. Okay. But like, what's 24 hours from now? Today is a great day. We should be at the beach. The weather is beautiful. Tomorrow is supposed to be cloudy. Yes. Let's just take advantage of what it is that's going on yes. versus all the, all of that. So there's two things that I want to talk about there as you bring them up. Number one is your like bathing schedule. Oh yeah. <laughs> as you talk about like, saving time and like what can I push when you're talking about your hair I'm just like oh "Oh, I gotta bring this one up oh yeah okay so Angela how often do you shower or bath shower is never just FYI oh yeah shower (laughs) is like once every three months um maybe maybe bathe like maybe once a week but there's definitely and I might not even wash my hair that time um it might be like two maybe two every two weeks or so but the interesting part about bathing, A, I don't love, I don't love bathing. I do like a relaxing bath, but I don't necessarily wash my hair while I'm doing it. But I don't know where it started or when I started doing it, but I started to realize like your hair kind of looks, it, it looks gross for a little bit. Then it looks, <gasps> then it kind of gets to like a better stage and then it gets kind of on the gross side. But I also realized like, do I actually care? Mm-hmm. I do not care. If I cared, I would do it and I would prioritize it. But I just, yeah, I just don't care. So I feel like, yeah, bathing is 100% A, not on my Google (laughs) calendar. And B, it's disgusting because I work out every day and get sweaty. But it's... It's gross, but then when you get used to the fact that you're a little bit on the gross side, you're you're good with it. No, it's not gross because you can mitigate smell. And, like, certain areas that need cleaning are, like... It's, you don't have to, I'm, I'm somebody who, if I've worked out, I literally have to shower immediately following. And you know that that's you. And that's just me. That's just the way I roll. And so I, certain things have to take a back burner because I need that time to, to do that. To do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny though. Yeah, um, it is. It is funny. That's one of those like funny quirks. And it's like, when people are like, tell it, tell it, don't shower. (laughs) If you don't want to shower, just don't. If you don't want to get, if you don't want to do something, yeah. I mean, maybe that sounds like I'm not care caring about other people in my world, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's, I think too. And that <laughs> blends into the next thing that I want to talk about is, um, and this has come up with a client of mine actually, and, or one or two, but I, it's a really important aspect that I was like, oh my God, this is huge. We have like a list of shoulds. Oh, I should do the laundry. Oh, I should work out. Oh, I should. Oh, I should. Oh, I should. Oh, I should. Right. And 
it's so long. That's where the guilt comes from. It's like, oh, I'm not doing all the things I should do, right? Which is just depleting our joy. If we just do the things we want to do, there's less shoulds. But every should will eventually become a need. And that's when you have to deal with it, right? So I think, oh, I should do laundry. Oh, I don't want to. Oh, I should do laundry today. Still don't want to. Oh, today I should do laundry. I don't want to. Eventually, it'll get to a point where I need to fucking do laundry because literally nobody has clothes. And then I'll do laundry and I'll be inspired to do laundry. It happens with our basement. When our basement is a disaster, I'm like, oh, I should clean the basement. Oh, I should clean the basement. And it's our house too, right? Like it's when you go, oh, I should tidy up. Oh, I should tidy up. Oh, I should. And then somebody's coming over. You're like, and all of a sudden you're like, fuck, that didn't take very long. I was like super motivated. It feels good that it's done. But as soon as we let go of the shoulds, just like, yeah, I should, but I'm not right. And it will eventually become a need and then you'll deal with it, but you'll be so motivated that it'll become efficient. Right? So when I think of our basement, I'm like, Oh, I should clean it. I should clean it. I should clean it. And all of a sudden I have people who are coming over and they're sleeping in the basement. I'm like, Whoa, we got to get this done. And it gets done quick. And I feel highly motivated and it doesn't take me very long because I'm like, I only have 27 minutes before Angela gets here and we got to get this done. Right. And it's the same with if you're hosting a garage party and you haven't like cleaned your garage in four months, all of a sudden you're like, there's going to be people here. We need to have people sitting in here. We need it. Right. And all of a sudden you're highly motivated because that should all of a sudden becomes a need. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing then is for the things like that, that are showing up, do we need to create more forces of, I need to do that or thinking that in your brain, I need to do that. So for example, you were talking about, it's kind of like an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. My friends are coming over. So therefore they're going to see this and this is going to affect them. So I think about for people that are like putting things off or not doing it, do you need to create some sort of accountability for certain things? So it's like, ah, that's going to affect that person. So therefore I will do that. And I think in my practice, what comes up a lot is like either the communities that we create or like a text club where we're all texting at 6am or a buddy or somebody that if you don't make that choice, it therefore affects somebody else. So it's no longer like, okay, I should do that. It's like, I need to do that because that other person is counting on me. So I think that's what I really do suggest for people is if you're somebody who like, as soon as you don't want to let somebody down, you're going to do it. You need to have a community or you need to have a partner. So you're like, okay, I am going to make the accountable to this person. I said, I would do this mm-hmm. and I want to be someone who does what they say. Mm-hmm. And now I have to do it. Totally. Totally. And that's yeah. the whole point of our like goal making girls weekends mm-hmm. is that accountability is huge. I can sit in my room and make my own goals. Cool. But if I tell you, this is what I'm working on and you check in with me and I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I said that, but who cares? Yeah. You're like, well, girl, you said this was really important to you. And now you're like, you don't really care. Like what the hell? Mm-hmm. Right. And all of a sudden it's not just about me letting myself down. I've let somebody else down. Mm-hmm. And so if you're somebody who values that, like showing up because I said I would, that's a really good tactic. If you're not, if you're somebody who's just like, I'm cool to bail anytime. It doesn't matter if I, right. And it's just a personality thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but not everybody subscribes to the 
being accountable makes me do something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you are finding that person, and I think that's why many people actually share their journeys, whatever that is. You often, what I see is like a fitness journey, but they post their, their workouts. They post what they are eating. They right. It keeps them accountable on Facebook. It keeps them accountable on Instagram. Like I've said, right. As soon as they type it out, being like, I'm starting a X, Y, Z. It's like, okay, now I've told the world. So I have to show up. Mm-hmm. And that could be so key. I mean, that's exactly Absolutely. how I launch. It's pretty an much incredible every, tool. That's pretty much how I launch any sort of program. Hey guys, I'm creating this thing. It is going to be out on this date. I haven't even thought about anything beyond this is an idea, but the only way I take action is through that sort of like public accountability. This is happening. Does this interest you? And then you also kind of get like people on board to a either support you, but then that, that accountability is so, so key. I don't know. I think there's a piece to where the go-getters the way that we thrive and the way that we're like okay yeah I can totally do that I think there's also the people on the other side that are like there is absolutely no way that I would ever let somebody hold me accountable because I don't want to let them down right and I think then the the question to ask is if you're not if you aren't willing to let that person down you're not actually willing to take the action that you say you're going to take yes. to do the thing. You're not as committed because you think it's more probable that I will let that person down than it is for me to do that thing. Totally. Totally. And I think that shows up a lot where people are like, they want change. They want these things to be happening in their world, but they don't actually believe that they will be able to do it or they're like not actually at the commitment stage of I'm willing to do what it takes right for sure yes and I think that's a huge piece is if you want something if you truly want something it has to turn into action mm-hmm. it's like the key component and it's one of the things that Angie and I have talked about is one of the daunting things is Something that feels so huge. So for me, when it comes to my house, if it's a giant friggin' disaster, I'm just like, ugh, I'm just not even going to bother. But if I just kind of keep on top of things and stay sort of consistent, even if I do need like a chunk of a day somewhere to be like, I just need to like take a couple hours to get the house tidy, fine. But it's not as huge, right? And so I think that shows up in many of our lives in different ways when it comes to things that feel like a long distance run versus a sprint, Mm -hmm. right? So that long distance run is like, oh my God, how am I even, I don't even want to start because it's literally going to take so friggin' long, Mm -hmm. right? Versus being like, oh, this is just a zip zap done. Here we go. And so how do you manage and those things that just are so big or feel so daunting that it's like, this is not uh, a quick fix. This is not something that's easy. And yet I still kind of want to be motivated to do it because I know it will better me. Totally. I think the thing I come back to often for people that are like, I got a lot of weight to lose. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to have to eat healthy most of the time for the rest of my life. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's two things. I think it's like, A, the time's going to pass anyways. So yeah. whether you are at your goal today or six months from now is not that it's irrelevant. I understand you're spending your time to like work with me, but I think there's a piece of it where it's like, could you just be patient enough that I will take this one day at a time, one week at a time, one month at a time, because regardless, the time is going to pass. Whether you are closer to where you want to be or not, it's still going to pass. And I think for somebody that feels like it's so daunting, I think you need to set up whatever it is with your nutrition and your exercise. So you are like, this is pretty doable. Mm -hmm. So like, maybe the workouts I give you are not your jam. Cool. Find some, a way to move your body. Mm -hmm. Anything. Absolutely anything. doesn't not matter. Find a way to move your body and then play around with the way in which you're eating. So this seems doable. It's not perfect. We're never striving for, for perfection. Sure. And yes, maybe you do have 100 pounds to lose and you're like, oh my God, that is forever. Mm-hmm. Cool. Might take you three years. Might take you five years. But you're either staying exactly where you are right now, hating your body, wanting change, or... You are taking a couple of steps forward in the right direction because the time is still going to pass. And I think the discouragement that a lot of people um, have as that's happening of like, I feel like I'm not moving. I feel like things are stuck. It's like, are you ready to then up the ante? Are you ready to be more disciplined, to add in certain things? And if you're not, that is cool. This season of your life, you can't do that. And that's cool too. But it's like, as you're doing it, it's like, okay, we want to do 5% more. What's 5% more based on where you're at right now? And I think instead of looking at it, like I am going to have to travel from here to here. And that seems forever. I think it's these smaller increments. And then when you are ready building on it, adding that extra 5%. And then also just as it's happening, just always coming back to the time is going to pass, honey. Yeah. Be patient. The time is going to pass. The day you plant the seeds is whatever that quote is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not the day yes. you eat the fruit or yes. the day you harvest or yeah. whatever. Like, it just takes time. And I think, too, if you have a lot of weight to carry, you can carry it for a long time, honey. Yeah. Right? Long Emotional time, and physical, right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's – I find that in my practice, too, where it's very much um, – if you want to let this go, yes, it might be hard. But I think one of the things that I'm – hearing as you say that and it's a very basic strategy but so effective and I use it in big things and small things but chunking Mm -hmm. right like I don't have to lose a hundred pounds I have to lose 15 and I have x amount of time to do that oh I have lost 15 pounds and now I have another 15 to do right like oh and look at this cumulatively I have lost 30 pounds, right? And that shows up in every aspect. We can chunk things. We do it for our kids, right? Like we, and I I think back to like being a teacher, but it's literally like for some kids who need this, instead of giving them a whole paper of let's say math problems, right? Because that's overwhelming. It's like, I I can't do this. I I can't, right? You give them, you cut that paper in half, or like into thirds and you go, you do these six problems and they finish that. They whip through it. They're like, okay, like, cool. You did such a great job on to the next. Look at this. And they whip through that. And before you know it, 
they're done the whole sheet. And it seemed like something they couldn't do before because it was just to look at seemed like too much. Mm-hmm. And I think process is what I'm really hearing is sometimes as we're doing it, it's just acknowledging that the process is going to look different. Yes. It's going to look different. Okay. What you're saying, you cut it into thirds and all of a sudden something that is exactly the same yes. shifts your entire perspective and your entire um, mindset about it. And I think the interesting part in terms of like having those small wins and like, whew, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I am doing that. You need to reinforce that in your mind. Like, yeah, girl, you did lose 15 pounds. Fuck. Yes. Don't think about the fact that you still need to, or you still want to lose 85 pounds. Cool. That's there. Next chunk. Okay. Yes. This is so manageable because I am doing this and I can do this, but I think it's like so often if we're looking at the road ahead and the things that we don't know, the things that we haven't accomplished, the things that like are there, on the list, I think then we lose sight of the victories, the wins, the fuck. Yeah, we did that. Yes, I did that. Yeah, for sure. And I see that show up in my Reiki practice as well in that, um, your energy never releases more than you're ready to release. The information that comes in is never more than you're ready to hear. And so it's always like a step by step. And that's why right? Like, and I call it a journey. And I know you do that as well with weight loss, where it's, this is a weight loss journey. This is not like a weight loss vacation where like, when you come back in a week, you're going to be so fit. It's Mm -hmm. like, no, this is a journey. You know, that as soon as you start on it, we we're traveling, we're not vacationing, we are on the road and it's going to take time, but it's very much those checkpoints. Mm Mm-hmm which is something to look forward to, something to celebrate. And I think it's neat that it shows up in your practice as well as mine, even though it's very different. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think there's an interesting part that shows up too, is like, I think people sometimes think it's a destination. This like, when I arrive, this is going to be so good. But think about any other time you've achieved anything else in your life. Like, yes, you get there. But there's a piece of maintenance. There's a piece of like, as you're there, you don't go back to your life. You're still probably setting another destination or settling into it, trying to figure out what that new normal is going to look like. But it's never really like, yeah, we're done. Cool. Peace out. Never going to exercise again. Never going to eat that way. And I think so often you probably see it as like, there's work that has to be done and the work just doesn't end right like for example like if it's trauma or healing that's happening that is going to be an ongoing process it's going to take the work to do it and for me it's the exercise and nutrition piece it's going to take the saying no it's going to take the moving your body in whatever way that looks like and that work just it never ends it's always going so I think this expectation that like you get there you're good you're happy. We're at the destination. It never really settles in that way. And that's actually a really beautiful thing. Cause I don't think we would take it. Um, if we were just there. I don't think we would be super grateful. I feel the same way. If it was always the sun shining, we would not have the same gratitude for those sunshiny hot days. If it was always hot and always sunny, we'd be like, Oh yeah, just another day because right. there's no gratitude associated with the way that it would compare with the days that are rainy. Yes, absolutely. And I think too, when it comes to 
what we're trying to do here, what we're saying is like, we're talking about transforming your life. And so if you are wanting to transform your life, that means the place that you are is not the place you want to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's taking and making those shifts that are hard, that are big, and sometimes they're just really, really small, but many, many in a row. That's good. That's okay. Um, but also doing it from a place, like you said, gratitude, but also just inner love. I can love myself today, even though this journey is in front of me. Because everything, literally every single thing that you have in front of you that needs to happen, that needs to change, that you want to see different, will be so much fucking easier if you can start it from a place of love. Totally. Totally. So. Yeah. Anyways, that's a good note to end on. Yeah. I love it. I think we're going to round this one in here, guys. Thanks for joining us, guys. We love these conversations and we hope that you guys are enjoying them just as much as we are. It's awesome. Anyways, thanks, guys. Love you. Bye.